Hey, this is Jeremy Isaacs, lead pastor of Generations Church, where we want to live like it matters. For more information about our church, you can visit us at g.church. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Thanks again for listening. See you and say, sit up a little bit more. I know you're going to fall asleep. You're tired. You've eaten turkey like 17 meals because you're not going to let any go to waste. And so you're tired of it, but you're exhausted. You're dreading tomorrow. It's back to work. It's back to school. You got to go to the grocery store this afternoon. So there's a million things going through your head, but I need you to sit up. I need you to pay attention. If you're watching online and you're sitting next to your fireplace and you're all warm in your pajamas, just turn it off. We don't even want you to be a part of service. We're jealous. I'm just kidding. No, but lean up. Put the seat down. Don't recline in the lazy boy. You're going to fall asleep. Put the phone away. Really engage for the next 25 or so minutes. I promise. I know. I told somebody earlier, they said, how long are you going to preach? They're like, you're going to go an hour today because it's only one service. I was like, nope, about 25 to 30 minutes because I know I got the holiday crowd. You're tired. You got a lot to do. The Christmas decor is not done and it's got to get done today. So I get it. But I am really glad that you took an hour, hour and a half out of your day to come to worship with us here at Generations Church to be a part. If you're one of our G team members and you were here early this morning, you've been a part of the day. Man, I'm so thankful that you took that time to be a part of what God's doing here at Generations church, to invest in the lives of our community and the lives of the people that walk through the doors. So thank you to our G team. As we were looking this past week, you spent time saying things that you were thankful for. I really am thankful for people that serve, that that give of their time. And man, if you want to be a part of that, we'd love for you. Ms. Corey already mentioned in the video, we'd love for you to go to Discovery Track to really figure out your place that you can plug in here at Generations Church to make a difference in the lives of people in our community and the people that walk through the door each and every week. So I'm thankful for that. I really am excited today. I'm honored to stand on this stage. Thank you to Pastor Jeremy and to Corey for allowing me to stand here and to share with you what God's placed on my heart to share today and to stand on this platform and to do so. It's Thanksgiving weekend, and so I know you've traveled this week probably. you spent time with family. And so let's just dig in together. You know, one of the things that I enjoy doing, I would say is a hobby, and I'm going to dig into hobbies for a second um, in just a moment, but what I would say as a hobby is I love to fish. I don't do it as much as I wish I did, but I love sitting on a boat or sitting on the shore or sitting on a dock with a line in the water, just relaxing. It's relaxing. It's therapeutic to me. Even if I don't catch anything, like I just enjoy the process. I enjoy throwing the line out and sitting there and hoping and the anticipation. And then if you actually do catch something, the adrenaline, the excitement of reeling it in and dealing with all that, like I enjoy fishing. I enjoy it a lot. I said, like, it's a hobby of mine. If I think back, it's probably been a couple of years since I've actually just decided, like, I'm going to go fishing today. Like, not like I'm on vacation sitting next to a lake. Like, it's easy then to go fishing. But to actually load up the stuff and drive to a lake and sit, there's probably been a couple of years since I've done that. And I was thinking about the idea of hobbies in general, and a lot of times we say things that are hobbies that aren't really hobbies, don't we? Like, like if you remember back to when you were dating, if you're married or if you're dating now, like you think about those dates or if you've ever created or know someone that created like an online dating profile, like it's like, what are your hobbies? And it's like, well, I love long walks on the beach and I love to go on hikes. And you name all of these things that you aspire to do, right? And if you really think about it, you do it once or twice a year. If we really were honest about what our hobbies were, it wouldn't be fishing and it wouldn't be long walks on the beach. It would be, I really enjoy getting lost in TikTok videos for three hours before I fall asleep at night. And I really enjoy watching 
Nickelodeon shows. And I really enjoy right now, we've got a nine month old. I really enjoy watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Like it's my number one hobby of my life right now, right? And like, if we were honest with our hobbies, it wouldn't be these incredible things of sitting on the beach and reading books. It would be, what do we actually do? I really enjoy watching Netflix shows and Hallmark movies. And, and we would talk about these things, but I really do. I love to go fishing. It really is a hobby of mine. I don't do it as, wish, as much as I wish I did, but I really do love it. Several years ago, it's probably been 10 years ago now, I had the opportunity, me and my family went, and we rented a house on a lake in North Alabama. And my older brother, I've got a half-brother, uh, he came and he spent some time with us there at the lake house. And we were out fishing, and like he's a diehard fisherman. Like it, He's one of those that like... They come out with like the new like lure and he's going to go by 75 of them because like that's the one thing that's missing in his toolbox to be able to catch as many fish as possible. And so like he's avid. He takes it really, really serious. And so we're sitting out on the dock and I'm a casual fisherman. And so I just am sitting there with like my feet propped up and I've got the line in and I'm just kind of sitting there. And he's got like 17 like rods going at the same time and he's working them. He works way too hard. And so we sat there for several hours and caught nothing. And then at the same time, he has a rod that kind of hits, and he got a pretty large fish on there. And so he's working, and he gets all excited, and he's yelling, Trevor, go get the net, go get the net. I'm like, we don't really need a net. Like, you're not catching a whale. But I go get the net, and so I come over, and I'm sitting on the dock, and I've got the net, and I'm leaned down, like about to, like, scoop this fish. And it wasn't that big. He didn't really need a net, but we're getting the net. And so I go get the net and I'm sitting there and I'm ready to get it. Well, all of a sudden, the one rod that I've been working with all day just shoots off the dock into the water. And I'm like, the one time I'm not paying attention, I lose my one opportunity to catch a fish. Well, he hands me his rod and he jumps in after it. Now, mind you, he's got like 10 rods in the water. So he's fighting around these other lines that are out. I'm swear, I swear he's going to catch himself. And so he catches up to my rod, and now he's trying to fight, which is actually a pretty good-sized fish, in the water. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. If you've never seen someone try to reel in a fish while in the water on the fish's turf, you're going to lose. And so he finally gets back to where he can, like, reach the dock, and he pulls it in, and he gets up, and we actually get both fish in. And it was one of my greatest memories with him. It was hilarious. He's soaking wet. We have the fish. Like, we took a picture. Like, it was, it was so much fun. I really enjoyed it. But I really do like to fish. And so today, I want to talk to you about a story in Scripture where there's a group of guys that are fishing, and, and Jesus appears to them. So this is the disciples, and this is after Jesus has already been crucified and resurrected is when this story takes place. So he's crucified. Three days later, we know that's what Easter celebrates. He resurrects from the dead. He, he's alive again, and he appears multiple times to the disciples. And each time is really important and really special, and, and it allows them to know and, and to see that Jesus really is alive again. And so one of the times the disciples, they're out and they're fishing. Now, this is important because what we know about some of the disciples is prior to Jesus calling them into ministry, prior to Jesus calling them to be followers of him, several of them were actually fishermen. That's what they did for their career. They got up in the morning, they went out to the fish, they'd sell their fish in the market. That's how they made a living. And so when Jesus was crucified and, and he went away and then he resurrected, and, but they were terrified and they're scared for their life, they reverted back to what they knew. 
They went back to fishing. This is what I know. This is who I am. And so now that I'm not following Jesus, I don't have Jesus to lead me. I'm just going to go back to what I used to do. This is what I, this is my comfort zone. And so they're out, they're in the boat, they're fishing, and they had been fishing for a while. Like scripture doesn't tell us exactly how long they had been fishing, but they'd been fishing for a while without any success. And then on comes Jesus. And Jesus shows up and he walks onto the scene. And this is where we're going to pick up the story. You have the disciples in the boat, they're fishing. Jesus walks up to the shore and they're going to have this conversation. And there's three things that I want us to reflect on today as we look about this story. They're going to all be on the screen as well as our scriptures today. But if you want to take notes, if you want to follow along, I encourage you to do so. If you have your smartphone out, I'm assuming you're looking at the Bible and not Facebook. Um, But if you have to, the Lord's watching. And so there's three things that we're going to reflect on today in looking at this story. The first of those, and then I'm going to read the scripture. The first of those is in what area of your life have you given up? In what area of your life have you given up? Let's look at this in John chapter 21, verse 4 and 5. That's where we're going to spend all of our time today in John chapter 21. It says this, Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Now, there's a couple of times in scripture that I feel like throughout the gospels that I'll refer to him as sarcastic Jesus. I feel like this is one of those moments that sarcastic Jesus kind of comes out. I feel like walking up, he already knew that they didn't have any fish. Like one, he's Jesus. Like he, he knows these things. But two, if you've ever been on a really calm lake, if you've ever been around a body of water, your voice carries really well over, over the water. And so I have to assume this group of men that have been fishing for a long time and they're really, really frustrated. I would assume Jesus has probably even heard a couple of choice words that the disciples are saying in the boat, frustrated about the lack of fish that they have. And so I just have to assume that Jesus is being a little sarcastic here and saying, hey, have you caught anything? Like we do that, right? Have you ever been to a lake and you see the guy is getting his boat out and you go, catch anything? And you can tell on his face already he has no fish in his boat. I'm the only one mean enough to do that. That's fine. I know that about myself. But Jesus asked them, friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. Have you ever done something for so long that you just want to quit? Maybe fishing is a really good example of that. Like you go out and you don't catch anything and so you're frustrated. I know it's hunting season and there's several friends of mine that hunt and they'll go sit out in the woods for hours. Like I don't, I'm not a hunter. I don't, I don't fully understand the, the thrill of sitting freezing in the woods for like six hours and you got to get up at like 3 a.m. to do it. And you sit out there and you don't see a single deer. But like, have you ever done something for so long that you just want to quit? And then let's get really serious for a second. What are the things in your life that you're wanting to give up on? Disciples were out in the boat. They were ready to quit. They were ready to throw in the towel. They're done. They're frustrated. They've been fishing for hours. They have nothing to show for it. Just ask them, got anything? No, we don't have anything. What's the areas in your life you're ready to quit on? What's the things you're ready to give up on? Maybe it's your marriage. Man, maybe you feel like you're doing everything right. You take out the trash without having to be asked. You help with the dishes. You fold some laundry. The yard is pristine. Like you feel like you're doing everything, right? You tell your wife you love her. Like you help with the kids' bath. Like you do everything. You feel like you're checking all of the boxes. You don't feel like you're getting anywhere. You're just ready to quit. You're ready to give up. Women, moms in the room, you feel like you're doing everything right as a mom. 
You show up to all the stuff. You do everything right. You feel like every social media person that you can follow, like you're doing everything that they tell you to do. You just don't feel like you're gaining any traction. You just feel like you're ready to give up. You've been doing the same workout routine forever, and you're not getting any headway. You go to the gym, you go to the gym, you go for a run, you go for a run, you eat right, you do all the things, and you don't feel like you're getting anywhere. You feel like you're working harder than every other coworker at your job, and you just don't feel like you're gaining any traction. What are the things in your life that you just feel like you're ready to give up on? That you're sitting in the hypothetical boat, you've been throwing that net out for hours with no success, and you just go, I quit. Where are you ready to give up on in life? Here's what we're going to do. We don't do this often. I want you to take five, ten seconds. I'm going to stand here silently. It's going to be really awkward. But if you take a note out, write something down, grab a, grab a giving envelope in front of you, write something. I just want you to write if there's something in your life that you feel like you're giving up on, something that you feel like you're quitting on, something that you feel like you're not giving effort to anymore. Like I just want you to write it down because we're going to come back to that in just a moment. That was really awkward, wasn't it? It was way more awkward for me because I got a bunch of eyes staring at me. All right, so that was the first thing to reflect on. What areas of your life are you giving up on? The second thing is where is God trying to get you to try something new? And what places in your life is God trying to get you to try something new? So here's where, again, I feel like sarcastic Jesus may show up. So they ask them, caught anything? They're like, no, we have nothing. Then Jesus says, probably the worst strategy for fishing I've ever heard in my entire life. He says, just try on the other side of the boat. This is what it says in John chapter 21, verse 6. He says, he said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. Now, I don't know if you know anything about fishing. I don't know a ton, but I do know that if I'm sitting in a boat and I've been fishing right here, it really doesn't make a difference if I start fishing right here. Now, if Jesus would have walked up and he would have said, hey, go try off that point. You remember there's that log that sticks out of the water. The fish love to hang out under that log. Go try over there. That would have been brilliant. If he would have said, hey, you're in the wrong lake. You're in the Dead Sea. You need to go over and you need to fish in this place. That would have been sound advice, right? But Jesus is telling guys that are in a boat that's kind of floating around anyway, hey, don't fish right here. Turn this way and fish right here. It doesn't make any sense. It's the worst strategy for fishing I've ever heard. It's terrible advice. But the disciples do it. And so they're sitting in the boat and Jesus says, hey, don't fish on the left side, fish on the right side. So they're like, well, this is dumb, but okay, we'll appease this guy. We'll try this side. And in your life and in my life, where are the places that we kind of feel like we're just hitting a wall, that we're supposed to be trying something new, that we could potentially find something, we could find success in something that we're currently not doing, but we're so stubborn and we're so unwilling to try that new thing that we potentially miss something. Great. Pastor Matt Keller says it this way. He says, teachability is being willing to learn that which you already know. I'm going to repeat that. It says, teachability is being willing to learn that which you already know. The disciples already knew how to fish. Jesus wasn't giving them anything that's revolutionary. I'm assuming at some point that night, they probably threw the net off that side of the boat. 
Like there's nothing different between throwing it off this side than that side. He didn't say to try a different type of bait. He didn't say to use a different type of net. Use the same things you are, just throw it in the water six feet over from where you've been throwing it. But it's the idea of how teachable are we? What are the places in our lives that we feel like we already know the answers? We already know how to do it. But what if God's trying to get you to do something new? If we go back to the examples that we've already used in your marriage, what's the, what's the thing that you feel like you're doing everything right? But what's the one thing that God's saying, man, if you're just a little teachable, what if you tried this? As a parent, what if you tried this? And it's the same, but it's a little different. What if instead of doing it off the left side, you tried it off the right side? It's your job at the gym. What if you did three less reps over here and three more reps over there, right? Like what are the tiny, small things that would make us teachable that God's saying, what if you just tried just a little change? What if you tried something new? How teachable are you? How humble are you willing to be when God calls you. God's standing on the shore. You're sitting in this hypothetical boat. You're frustrated. You're ready to give up. What's your response when God says, just try it on the other side? Just, just try it over there. It would have been really easy for the disciples to say, we're not doing that. Like, we're not catching anything. It's no different. The water's the same. It's all right here under us. Like, clearly, he doesn't know how water and boats work. Like, there's no difference. We're not going to do that. But that's not what they did. They responded by doing it, which leads us to our third and final question to reflect on. Third thing that I want to ask you today is, are you willing to try one more time? Are you willing to give it one more shot? Look at this in John 21, verse 6 and 7. He said, throw your net on the right side of the boat and you will find some. When they did, They were unable to haul the net in because of the large number of fish. Then the disciples whom Jesus loved said to Peter, it is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say this, that it is the Lord, he wrapped his outer garment around him for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. Sitting out there, fishing, frustrated. Jesus walks up, caught anything? No, we haven't caught anything. Try this. And they try it. And they have unbelievable success because they were willing to try one more time. And so today, I leave you with one final thought as I get prepared to close. And it's this question. The thing that you wrote down earlier, the thing that you feel like you're ready to give up on, the thing that you thought about when I was talking about that, my question today for you is that one thing, are you willing to try one more time? Maybe if it's your marriage, you feel like you've already given up on it or you feel like you're close to it. Are you willing to try one more time? Are you willing to do whatever it takes? Are you willing to be teachable and learn a new tool and to listen to someone different than you've been listening to, to gain some experience, to gain some knowledge and say, I'm willing to go 110% one more time. As a parent, maybe you've got a broken relationship. Maybe it's not even just parent-child. Maybe it's grandparent. Maybe it's sibling, like however it is. Like what's the relationship that is coming into the holiday season? We just had Thanksgiving. Who wasn't at the table because you're mad at each other? Who could potentially be at the Christmas table 
if you were willing to try one more time. I'm gonna put in the effort one more time. I'm gonna be teachable. I'm gonna listen a little differently. I'm gonna put my own pride down. I'm gonna put all my hurts and my anger. I'm ticked off at them. I'm mad at them. I'm angry. They've hurt me, whatever it is. I'm gonna put it down. I'm gonna be teachable. And I'm gonna try one more time. And I'm gonna pick up the phone and I'm gonna call them. And I'm gonna own my half. Maybe it's not half. Maybe you only own 10% of it, but you still own part of it. What if you were willing to try one more time? When it comes to diet and exercising, what if you gave it an effort one more time? When it comes to your finances, man, you've been battling that student loan debt, you've been battling that credit card debt, and you just don't feel like you can gain any traction, and you feel like you're just making minimal payments, and you're just frustrated. Like, what if you tried one more time? I'm gonna get out of debt. Like, this is it. We're gonna try one more thing. I'm gonna become teachable. Like, I know how to do it, but I'm gonna try to learn a new tool. What if you tried one more time? What if to reach your goals? What if to reach what you feel like God's wanting you to do? Like, what if it's for you to go back to school? Like, I'm gonna try one more thing. I'm gonna become teachable. I'm gonna do what God is calling me to do. Like, I've given up on that dream. I've quit on that dream. And now I'm gonna go chase that dream. And I'm gonna try one more time. Maybe it's to start a business. Maybe it's a spiritual discipline. You've said a million times in your life, I'm gonna read my Bible every day. You've said it so many times to others. You've said it so many times to God, I'm gonna pray every day. And it lasts like 13 days. And you give up and you get frustrated. Like what if you said, I'm gonna try one more time to be spiritually disciplined every single day. Throw those three questions to reflect on up on the screen one more time, Logan. In what area of your life have you given up on? Connected to that area, where are you willing to try something new? And then are you willing to try one more time? Are you willing to give it an effort one more time? With every head bowed, with every eye closed, today I want to ask you First and foremost, if you're in the room and you've never entered into a relationship with Jesus, and today you want to say, I want to, I want to enter into that relationship. I want that covenant. I want Christ to know that I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and I want Him to be the Lord and the Savior of my life. If that's you today, I'd just love for you to lift your hand. Thank you so much. If you're watching online, we'd love for you to let us know that you've made that decision today, that commitment to enter into a relationship, the greatest decision you can ever make. But then maybe you're in the room today and there's something that you did write down. There is one of those things that you said, and I'm giving up on this. I'm not putting enough effort in on this. I'm quitting on this. I'm not trying hard anymore on this. Like, what's the thing? We all have something we could put a little more effort into. And then I want you to look at your heart and I want you to ask yourself, am I willing to be teachable? Am I willing to listen to new things? And am I willing to give it one more effort? Am I willing to go all in one more time? God, we love you. God, we thank you. We thank you so much for who you are. We thank you so much for the love that you have extended to us 
through your son, Jesus Christ, coming to this earth and dying and resurrecting. God, we thank you for stories like this in scripture that we can apply to our lives. That God, we find ourselves in moments where we're frustrated, where we're ready to quit. And God, you, you, you challenge us to keep going. And then God, you ultimately ask of us, are we willing to give it one more effort? And so God, I pray for every person that's watching online. I pray for every person that's in this room, every person that's gonna listen to this in a podcast in the future. That God, that we would be willing to fight for the things that are worth fighting for to pursue the things that are worth pursuing and to never give up on the things that are worth never giving up on. And so God, I pray that you empower marriages. I pray that spouses find a deeper love and pursuit for each other than they've ever had. Don't let them quit. Let them try one more time. God, for parents, for siblings, for children, for grandparents, for aunts, for uncles, knees and nephews. God, don't let them give up on family. Don't let them quit. Let them try one more time. God, in everything that you've called us to, God, let us chase our dreams that you've placed in our hearts. Let us pursue with everything we have and to give it our all because you're worth it. You're worth it. God, I thank you for those that said today, I want to enter into a relationship with Jesus. God, let them know that you are the Lord and the Savior of their life. As soon as they say, God, I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, I want you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. Scripture tells us that all of heaven celebrates. God, we love you. God, we thank you. In your name I pray, amen. Thanks again for listening. If today's message was an encouragement to you, we invite you to share it with your friends and family. Maybe subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. It just helps us spread the word about what God's doing here at Generations Church. For more information about the church, visit us at g.church. Have a great day and God bless.